everybody welcome back to the show to the bright red the podcast um in today's episode guys we're going to talk about obviously um the dallas loss aka copa tejas loss um we're going to talk about hector jimenez's mistake um we're going to talk about our dp efficiency this um uh, report that came out from espn which is going to prove what i've been saying all season and for you non-believers, better start believing in what I'm saying. Um, we're going to talk about Rodney Redes' injury, the Mex tour with um, with El Tri coming to Q2 Stadium. Um, Alexi Lala's a tweet that he mentioned that he replied to me. Uh, the poll which you guys voted. Um, if you're Wolf in, Wolf out. We're going to talk about ticket prices. And we're going to talk about the World Cup and any other stuff that kind of comes up um, if if time permits. So I want to apologize. I was gone this past week. Um, I couldn't do the, the podcast. But, um, you know, I'm back in full force. I'm ready to go. Obviously, I'm disappointed in the loss. Um, just like we all are, you know. I think um, I think we're all kind of excited for this season to be over because, honestly, we've been absolute shit. Um, and it goes all, all across the organization. I think, I think we've done, we thought we were doing a really good job. Once the season kicked in, the few, uh, the first few games kicked in, injuries started to happen. Um, and I can get more into it, but I want to talk about some other stuff for now, but I just want to acknowledge how I think, I think we've had a, a bad season, you know, and I think we all need to just kind of decompress and, and be ready for the season to be over, get the off season started, um, get some more excitement, you know, with with um, transfer rumors, what our new jersey is going to look like. Are we going to stick with the with the same stripes? You know what the away kit is going to look like? Are we going to have a third kit? Um so I think a lot of the stuff is is interesting, and I'm I'm definitely gonna be getting involved in the off season. This podcast doesn't fucking stop just because Austin FC stops. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna keep keep at it, keep going. We talk European shit. We gotta talk international stuff. So um, this podcast doesn't stop because we are the lovers of football. You know that's what we love, and I love to consume football stuff and. I, I hope that you guys enjoy consuming this podcast as well, which is all about soccer. So thank you guys for joining me on this journey, on this Austin FC journey. El Tree, as it was, I actually really liked the nickname that we had early on, which was El Tree. I don't know why it died. I think that's probably my favorite uh, nickname for Austin FC. Other than Los Verdes, because obviously um, Los Verdes the name itself of the of the supporters group is fantastic. I think it's spot on, but it's just also like the name of the club. You know, it's it's easy to be Los Verdes, um, but that's credit to them. Uh, but I think El Tree is just I think a, a really dope nickname. Uh, but anyways, let's get into the first topic that I want to get into, which is um, I just want to briefly mention how some shit Dynamo fans were acting at Q two Stadium. Um, uh, Dread Lasso. He posted on Twitter a video which has 4.7 thousand views uh, of Dynamo supporters pushing through security. Um, apparently, two stadium security people got injured. I don't know. That's what he's saying in the in, in the tweet. Um, and you know, 
some Dynamo fans are absolute hot garbage. You know, they they had a thing with the Los Verdes member who got jumped. Um, and I'm I'm all for like being aggressive as as a supporter. I I think we add a lot of we can add a lot of edge and um you know aggressiveness to the team with the supporters. You know, it's an extension of the club. So I in my opinion, you guys know that I think our club is soft as shit. And our fan base, in my opinion, is really soft. But there's from extreme to extreme. You know, like you're going from Snowflake to these dumb Dynamo fans who are actually hurting people. I think we need to be in a sweet spot. And I just want to acknowledge how absolute garbage these people are. And I, you know, I hope they fuck off. And uh, don't back, uh, don't come back to Q2. But who knows what's going to happen. Uh, but I didn't want to talk too much about Houston because I didn't see the game. I know that we did okay. And we beat them, of course, which allowed us to get hope uh, for Copa Tejas and for this kind of final against Dallas at Frisco. And I just want to talk about this game real quick. I'm not going to do like a a play-by-play because, honestly, I don't want to. I don't want to relive that painful experience. Um, I'll just talk briefly about the highlights, you know. Obviously, uh, Diego, we we started the game really well. And Diego Fagundes, of course, scoring that great curler. Diego Fagundes on the left-hand side. And I've been saying this for fucking weeks now. And I hope that you guys are... Dude, I'm, I'm getting proven right in so many ways. Diego Fagundes on the left-hand side is better than Cecilio Dominguez. I said it. I said it in previous podcasts. You know, like... I don't care that Cecilio's our DP. I don't give a shit. Diego Fagundes needs to play as a left winger for us. Or as a left midfielder slash left winger. He is much more effective on the left than Cecilio is, period, period. Fagundes offers us more on that position than Cecilio Dominguez. I want Cecilio out of this club, and I'm going to get more into um, into the DP uh, efficiency from ESPN, but spoiler alert, it doesn't look good for Austin. Um, and... I tweeted this after the game, and and Diego Fagundes actually liked my tweet, which I don't know if he actually read my entire tweet because I talk mad shit in that tweet. So, Diego, I hope that you read the entire tweet. Uh, But I said in the tweet, essentially, Diego Fagundes is playing like a DP, more than our actual DPs. And then I said that I want Cecilio out of this club and Pochettino as well. However, that Pochettino has a lot more room to grow, and I would rather keep Poch. But I want those two out of here. And Diego Fagundes liked the tweet. So I don't know if you can read into that. Um, to me, I think that, yeah, you, you could read into, uh, read into it. Because um, I think that shows Diego Fagundes is frustrated with the team, in my opinion. I think he should be frustrated with this team. Because... He is not in a DP salary, and he's outperforming these people. If I was Diego Fagundes, I'd be so fucking pissed. And I've been in this situation before in my in my work life, you know, um, where I'm putting in the work, and my coworkers 
are are not performing. And lucky for me, I've never been in a situation where my coworkers are getting more money than me and I'm doing better than them. Because I, I would have been so frustrated. And I think I think this is the case for Diego right now. Now, whether Diego can attest to it or not, he's never going to come out and say, of course, you know, he's pissed at his teammates. They're, they're never going to do that. But I, I think with him liking the tweet, I think it does show some sort of um, discontent with his coworkers, with his teammates, because he is putting in the work, man. Diego Fagundes is one of the highlights of this uh, inaugural season. And with all the merit, I mean, he is a hard worker. He's very talented. We all know Diego Fagundes, okay? Like, this is me beating a dead horse. We all know what he brings to the table. But I just want to highlight again his efficacy on the left-hand side. He spent, I would say before uh, Cecilio came out in, in the second half, he spent maybe four or five minutes on the left-hand side, scores a goal, a banger. Cecilio played 60 minutes there, did fuck all. And, th- and that is all season. You can say that about every game pretty much all season. Cecilio Dominguez has scored seven goals, guys. Seven goals. Four of those seven goals were in two separate games where he scored a brace. Okay? That means that he scored three other goals in other games. Across a, you know, 25-week period. It's unreal how how mediocre he has been. And I'm sorry that I, I hurt you guys' feelings or some other people's feelings when I call it like it is. These guys are mediocre, and they've been playing mediocre. Pochettino, I mean, Jesus Christ, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to rip him a new one with that ESPN um, article, but you guys know that I've been very critical about Pochettino, and I'm not being critical because I'm a Pochettino hater. I'm being critical because I'm objective, dude, and I see the truth. I see the numbers. I, I watch the games. And I know my shit, and I know that he's not he's not good, or at least he's not playing good. And he's been given tons of opportunities, tons. He started almost every single game. He's played in different positions. Wolf has tried to implement him in some fashion because he needs to, because he's our DP, and he can't because the guy is just not good enough. But again, I'm going to get into that more in depth later on in this episode. Um, but we, we get scored. Diego Fagundes scores a banger. You know, the fans are excited in Frisco. It's a party. You know, it looks like we're dominating. We're doing good. Two minutes later or less than two minutes later, we get scored on, which is classic, you know, this season for us. Is is that on Wolf? Is getting scored on after two minutes on Josh Wolf? No, 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 no. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, all the Wolf out motherfuckers. I'm sorry. I defend them when I need to. I attack them when I need to. Getting scored on after two minutes is not on the coach. It's on the players. Okay, it's on the players. A hundred percent. But ultimately, what I want to call out is the how poor of a decision was for Hector Jimenez because we get scored on 1-1, right? Even though, like I just said, 
It happens almost all the time. Um, it's on the players 100%. We get scored on. It's 1-1. It's a tight game. And then Hector Jimenez, a long ball comes in. Hector Jimenez uh, decides to make contact with the player, with the Dallas uh, attacker. And, you know, it's... At that point, it's you know we're going to lose because we're going to be down one man. Now, some people are saying that uh, this could have been, you know, um, a yellow card or whatever. I think it's a clear red card. There is contact. Hector Jimenez has a shocking decision to to make contact with that player. And I, I, I think it was idiotic for sure. And, and I tweeted it. And nothing against Hector Jimenez. He's he's. I know he's a great guy. He's a great dude. Um, he fucks with the fan base. I'm. I have nothing against him personally. I think he's been one of our our brightest uh, players this season. But my job here is to call it like it is, and I'm objective. And I love the dude, but he fucked up. He fucked up. In my opinion, he is the reason why we didn't win that game. Or at least give us the, the best chance to win the game. Because it's a we're 1-1. Him making that call to, to tackle the player or, or to make contact with the player, knowing damn well that it's going to get called, at least a yellow card. He knows that the ref is going to call it. Maybe he's thinking it's going to be yellow, but you know the ref has a great chance of calling it a, a red card. And if he calls it a red card, VAR is never going to go back in that decision because there's clear contact. Okay? And it was idiotic because he's not letting, first of all, Brad Stuver do his job. Brad Stuver could have very well, you know, saved the opportunity or intervened. Um, He also, he makes, you you make that play, that, that tackle, that decision, whenever you are winning the game. And, and maybe it's it's in the minute, you know, 75, 80, 85th minute. Of course, make that play and, and go down one man. Um, but not when you're 1-1 in minute 60-something. I, I think it was um, in the 58th minute. You know, in the 60th minute of the game, you make that decision. For me... That was a huge, huge mistake. And and for me, the biggest reason why we didn't uh, go out of um, out of Frisco with, with Copa Tejas. And, he, you know, I, I tweeted it. And I'm sorry, Hector, but I said that what he did was, was idiotic. And he uh, tweeted after the game, he said, this one's on me, Austin FC fans. I put us in a tough situation in the second half. To our traveling fans, my biggest apology. Your support this season has been truly amazing. And, you know, shout out to Hector for the tweet. Uh, first of all, because he's recognizing um, that he fucked up. And and the first way to improve, the first step to improve is to recognize your mistakes and he knows he fucked up, which is what I was, you know, like what I tweeted at the time and what I'm saying now. For me, it was that decision that he made 
what made us lose that game. Because um, it was a very tight game. So now, you know, a tie would also not been enough to win Copa Tejas. I, I get it. I understand. But he prived us from the opportunity of 11 versus 11 against Dallas for the trophy. Um, and I'm gutted for him. I'm gutted. But it's true. Um, and that that game was the true representation of what our season has been. Um, it, it was it was a classic classic representation. Um, and this this season has been abysmal, guys, abysmal. Um, which m- brings me to the next point. Um, Alexi Lalas tweets almost every day. You know, hello sunshine, anything happening or um, something like that along those lines. I replied to him and I said, what do you think about Josh Wolf and Austin FC's abysmal season uh, sitting bottom of the Western Conference? And he replied, it was abysmal. He'll get half of the, the next season next year to show improvement. I think that that's, that's spot on, you know. Um it, it was indeed an abysmal season, and some fans want to, you know, paint a different picture. And I hate to break and burst your bubble, but this is not La La Land, you know. This is reality, and and it was a shit season. Um, and I I agree. I I'm more of a Josh Wolf needs two at least two to three years, but you know, Ale, uh, Alexi is saying that he he gets half a season next year, which. I think it's fair, you know. Um, I think I think it should be two to three. But if if next season he doesn't show any improvement by 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 half of the season, I think that it is fair for the ownership group um, to start thinking of alternatives uh, because this cannot continue. This this cannot continue the way that it was this season. Um, and shout out to Alexi for for replying to my tweet. Um, This brings me to the next topic, which was the poll that you guys voted. Almost 100 people voted. Thank you very much for participating. I said, are you wolf in or wolf out? And this topic, of course, is super popular uh, because of how polarizing Josh Wolf is. And I understand um, where you guys are coming from. Um, and 71% overwhelming majority want Wolf out and it's understandable. I think that is, it is understandable that you guys want him out. In my opinion, he doesn't have enough, um, like of a true criteria to justify being sacked. Um, like Alexi said he needs next season or half a next season. I think he needs more, but this is obviously with a full fit, you know, squad and, and better reinforcements. If if we don't have an improvement, then for sure, uh, I would hop on board with, with Wolf out. But the most important thing is not just Wolf out guys. It's, it's not just kick him out. It's who are you going to bring in? Who are you going to bring in that is going to make this work? And in my opinion, which is what I've been saying, is we don't have the personnel. In in my humble opinion, 
we don't have the personnel to succeed. Um, I, I, I don't see it. With the mistakes that we've made this season, I, I don't see a new coach coming in and fixing that. Guys, the mistakes that I'm talking about is very simple one to two yard passes that are incomplete by our, our DPs, by our attacking players, by our midfielders. It's unreal how amateur sometimes we've been. And I don't think you could change that with a coach, but who knows? Um, you know, I, I, I want Wolf to succeed because I like his style. I like his idea. I think he's implemented some decent stuff for us. I think we play great attacking football, entertaining football, but we need a better end product in, in, in my opinion. Um, the next topic that I wanted to talk about was I tweeted this before the Dallas game um, that they, you know, since I had um, signed up to go to the previous Frisco game where we got, where Wolf rotated the fuck out of the team, I didn't actually end up going. Uh, but I was essentially in the mailing list for, for FC Dallas. And they sent me an email prior to the game showing the ticket prices, that there were two remaining home matches, two amazing deals. They were given the the FC Dallas versus Real Salt Lake game. The cheapest ticket was $5. For Dallas versus Austin, the Copa Tejas match, it was $10 the game to go to the stadium. Not only that, $3 beers and $1 hot dogs. Now, guys... We're getting robbed, okay? We're getting absolutely robbed. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm not an expert in, in, in marketing and, and supply chain and all that shit, but the prices at Q2 Stadium are, are ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can you justify Frisco with, so, with such few fans charging $5 a ticket and $3 a beer for Austin FC charging... I don't know, average $50 a ticket, um, $60 a ticket, and $10 to $15 beers. Like, it, it's, 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 it pisses me the fuck off. And uh, Tom the Ill at RipTom888, he said, um, honestly, I feel like we haven't mentioned how Austin tickets are outrageously priced for the performance they've produced. Now, Tom, I've mentioned this in the podcast. A lot of people don't fucking listen, but we're getting robbed. We're getting robbed out here in broad fucking daylight. You know? Um, price should be... I think it would be cool for prices to be uh, according to to, to league table uh, standing. If we're fucking bottom of the table, tickets should be cheap and food should be cheap. Okay? Because you deserve that. You're not giving me... Uh, the justification to charge that much. Now that's me. Obviously, I don't run this business. They're never going to do that. That's that's stupid, on on their perspective. But for us, fuck them. You know. Um. And I just wanted to mention that. Uh, on the next one, we have so great, great, great news, which is uh, El Tri. The Mexican national team is coming to Q2 Stadium um, against Chile 
on December 8th, which is really nice to see because a lot of the stuff at Q2 and Austin FC was very U.S. men's national team oriented. Of course, I'm a U.S. men's national team fan, baby. You know what I'm saying? One nation, one team. But we got to show love to to Mexico because this market is is tailored for that. And if you're not if you're not capitalizing on that, then they're fucking dumb. So it was a matter of time and it's happening. It is it is coming um to Q2 Stadium. I'm I'm probably not going to buy tickets because I'm done. I'm done paying these people more money. I'm tired of it. I'm not renewing. I'm not I'm not doing none of that shit. Uh so I'm I'm not particularly interested um in it. Um but yeah. Moving on to I think the the meat of of this podcast, guys, which is I want to talk about the DPs. And I've said this all season long. I've had multiple tweets about this, but ESPN came out with a, uh, and you can Google this super fast. Just type in ESPN DP. It'll bring you to an article called um, MLS Designated Players, which teams are getting the most bang for their buck in 2021. Now, essentially, they made a, a made-up formula. You know, it's it's not real. And it's, it's obviously, it can be very flawed. Um, but what they said was they took the difference between all of the DP's actual contributions, so total goals and assists, and their expected contributions, they subtracted that to get a difference, essentially. Uh, then they divide that difference by the DP salary, which gives them the bang for their buck. Obviously, it's it's probably not a really good gauge, but in my opinion, it shows a decent uh, perspective into uh, the DPs in the league. Now, I want to obviously uh, focus on Austin FC. And Austin FC got a grade of a D. So this was A, B, A, um, A minus, A plus, B minus, B plus, blah, blah, blah. So Austin FC got a D. 10th of the third of 13th in the Western Conference. So almost bottom in terms of DP performance. Now, I want to mention that some of the more lower teams in this bank for the buck grade were because either they had only one DP or something along those lines or their DPs were injured. Austin FC has had their DPs pretty much all season, no injuries. So we're pretty much the worst team in the West in terms of DP performance. Um, of course, we're even this, honestly, we're not even lower putting that in, into perspective because Sebastian Drusi has been absolutely phenomenal since coming in from um from Zenit but essentially Drusi his dp um salary is 2,680,000 uh he has four goals five assists a total of nine uh, goal contributions and and his expected goals and assists are 6.62 for a difference of 2.8 Three, eight. Essentially, you want to be above the negative line. That is the, the most minor is being above the, the, the negative line. So he's well above that. He's 2.38, which is great. Cecilio Dominguez, 
His salary is 1.7. He has seven goals, four assists, for a total of goal, uh, goal contributions of 11. Um, and his goal contributions, his um, goals and assists um, expected are 12.15. So he's negative 1.15. And Pochettino is on a different level. Pochettino's salary is 642000 so uh, more than half a million. He has two goals, two assists, so a total of four goal, goal uh, contributions. And his expected goal and assist is 8.07 for a difference of negative 4.07. Pochettino is on a negative four. And thank you, ESPN. I should be writing for y'all because they are calling out Pochettino the same way that I'm calling out. And this just shows you that I'm as objective as I can be. I'm the most objective person uh, that you're going to find on Twitter for Austin FC. And this is what they said about Pochettino. They said, I'll read you from the top of the paragraph. The club's highest paid player, Drusi, has fit well at Austin since joining from Zenit. With nine goal contributions, he's created as... He's created as many chances, 29, in half of the games as the other two DPs. Pochettino has been the most disappointing of Austin's trio, as he hasn't stood out defensively and has netted just two goals on 62 shots taken. You know, and, and, for, and for Cecilio Dominguez, who I, I've been saying I want out of this club, he said, uh, or ESPN said, Dominguez leads the team in goals, which isn't really positive as he wasn't tabbed to be Austin's main scoring threat. And four of his seven tallies came in two games. I mean, that's, that's I think, is as clear as water. You know, it, him being the leading scorer doesn't paint the whole picture. So don't, don't, don't be fooled by that basic statistic. You got to look deeper than that. Um... I, I cannot get over the fact how poor, how poor our DPs have been. And I'm not just saying this to hate. I obviously want them to do good, but they've been mediocre, except for Drusi. Um And it's it's sad. And for me, I, I want Cecilio out of, out of this club. I don't think he's going to get any better. Um... I think we should put Diego Fagundes on the left-hand side and get a better right winger. Um, which brings me to my next topic, which is Ronnie Redes. Ronnie Redes, who was going to be our right winger, um, he went successful knee surgery. And I want to take a moment and acknowledge that Rodney has been playing injured all season. Now, this is my thing with Wolf, and I, I've called this out before as well. If Rodney Redes has a bad knee and he's injured, why play him? Why risk, why risk the player? I think we could have played Stroud more, Kekuta more, uh, Gallagher more for sure. Kekuta maybe not. But Gallagher more? You know, like there were many times where Redes would come in instead of Gallagher. Um, and, and that is... I don't understand. Um, but he is expected to make a full recovery by uh, preseason. 
he had a, a surgery on his left uh, lateral meniscectomy. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. He went. He underwent a successful left knee lateral meniscectomy. I don't know what that means. That's pretty much Chinese to me. But essentially, he um, got surgery on his left knee. They don't really say anything. <laughs> I love how Austin FC doesn't fucking say anything. It's just, hey, he went through surgery, blah, blah, blah. He's going to come back next season. They don't talk about how long he's been injured, you know, like how how painful it was for him. You know, could it, this have been avoided maybe further if he hadn't played? We don't know. But I just want to wish Rodney Redes a successful recovery. I've talked a lot of shit about Rodney Redes because he has been very disappointing. But I also said as well, we need to consider that he's been injured. And, and that's that. Um, now, moving into the next game, our final game against Sporting Kansas City. I just want to mention that I'm going to be there. It's, on, it's tomorrow, Wednesday. And it's, I hope that we get a result. I hope that we get a result. I hope that we win at Q2. Games against Kansas are going to be fun because of the styles that we play. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to actually see Kansas live um, and us play against them at, at home. And I just want this season to be over, man. I want this season to be over. Um, but that's it on the Austin FC stuff. I just want to quickly mention that um, FIFA have told all national teams that they plan to go ahead with a World Cup every two years starting after the 2026 World Cup, so potentially a 2028 World Cup. And just my quick comments on this, and I want to hear y'all's comments as well in the comment section or if you ha uh, hashtag Bright Verde, is I like the World Cup to be every four years. Personally, for me, it's like my life, a lot of the times, like, how I remember things is per the World Cup. You know, it's like post and pre-World Cup year. You know, like if something happened, it's like, oh, it happened after the Germany World Cup in, in, in 2006. Or when I was little, it was like after the 2002 uh, Korea-Japan World Cup. And just like that's how I like a lot of the stuff that I really remember is like off of World Cup years. And there are moments that I never forget. Every World Cup, I remember exactly where I was the games that I watched, the results, the performances, because there is such an important moment in my life that having it every two years, I feel like it's going to dilute it, in my opinion. Maybe I'll end up enjoying them just as much every two years. Maybe, maybe not. Um, hold up. I'm drinking a bang, purple guava. But... um. And I understand the perspective of, of the money-making and of the fact that, you know, the FIFA executives keep repeating these words that people are getting bored of football. And, and maybe they have analytics and statistics that obviously I don't have that maybe show viewership is changing and, and maybe people are tuning away from soccer or what have you and, and they need to find ways to make money. And to be relevant because that that's huge. You got to be relevant. So I'm not gonna knock them on that. I just I prefer every four years. But of course I'm gonna celebrate and be excited every two years for the World Cup. I just think that it's the hype is 
unreal for a World Cup. And it, you know, just thinking about it is is so beautiful for me. Is to, you know, to wait for the World Cup. Every year after a World Cup is over or every moment after a World Cup is over, I'm like, I'm immediately sad. And I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, four years for the next one. So I just hope that it doesn't dilute it. Um, but let me know your thoughts on, on, on the World Cup. Um, and, you know, I wanted to get into Champions League, but there were a lot of games played. Um, I'm just going to quickly talk about Barcelona because that's that's my team. We beat Dinamo Kiev twice back-to-back. Of course, it's not a big deal, but without Ronald Koeman, the team is looking good. Ansu Fati scored. Dembele came back. He, he looked really good uh, coming back from injury. I hope that he remains fit. Um, if we're if we're gonna turn around this season, we need a fit Dembele because he can work some magic. Uh, United came back against Atalanta with goals from Cristiano Ronaldo, who is of course dominating in the Champions League. Uh, Lille beat Sevilla. Bayern beat Benfica. Surprise, surprise. Villarreal beat Young Boys. Juventus beat Senet for two. Wolfsburg beat beat uh, Salzburg. Um, and Chelsea beat Malmo. So a lot of the results that you would expect. Um, but yeah, it's the Champions League, so it's sometimes very predictable. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be back, guys. I'm excited for the game tomorrow against uh, Sporting KC. I will be doing another podcast probably on Monday because I'm going camping. I'm going to Garner State Park, which I love. I've been there once before. It's a really fun park. It's going to be cold. I love this weather. I love camping. I love being outdoors. Um, and I'm super excited to just kind of disconnect and be in with nature. Um, shout out to everyone who supports the podcast. Hit, please, you know, follow on Spotify, Apple podcast, um, subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment. I really, really appreciate it. Um, if you get the shirt that you bought, please, you know, take a picture or something. Hashtag bright verde. I would really appreciate it. Show some love. That being said, y'all, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I I really appreciate you guys. I love y'all, even though we disagree. Um, I hope you'll have a great rest of your week. Catch y'all in the next one. Peace.